Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. Good evening, I'm William Hosea, and welcome back to Bring It On. We are a multiple award-winning show celebrating over 12 years as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting African Americans. Good evening, and I'm Roberta Radovich. In today's broadcast, you'll also hear our perspective on what's relevant in the African American world of news and local events of interest all in the next hour on Bring It On. But first, the First Baptist, in parentheses, Colored Church of West Baden Springs, Indiana, is currently being restored. It is on the National Register of Historic Places and has appeared on Indiana's Landmark's 10 Most Endangered List. The renovation of this historic church would mean the spiritual needs of this community <clears throat> through worship, fellowship, and ministry to all people without discrimination. In addition, once this project is complete, the end will result and enable the enhancement of faith, hope, and love <clears throat> through educating and inspiring present and future generations. Here to provide some background on this historic project are bringing on contributor and our very own Liz Mitchell and Reverend Dr. Bruce Rose, pastor of Second Baptist Church of Bloomington. They and several other committed volunteers have routinely traveled back and forth to West Baden Springs to work on the renovation project. Dr. Rose and Liz Mitchell, welcome to Bring It On. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank All you right. for having us. All right, let's get this party started. So history matters. <laughs> Tell Good us one. why Good from one. your perspective, why does the West Baden Renewal Project matter? Dr. Rose? It matters to me because I love to be able to get the Word of God out to different parts of the world. And so to be able to do that in uh, the great country of the West Baden, French Lick area, is, uh, is a really a, a big challenge for us because we know we have the casinos, we have the resorts there. Mm -hmm. the, or, the city has been absolutely renovated from top to bottom except for this church. Mm -hmm. And so the church has been idle for about 30 years. And so now it's just important to us that we get it up, get it back online so that we can uh, win souls for Christ. Uh, and for me, is, uh, as being a history buff, is the history behind it. And here was a large African-American community that disappeared. And everything, any structure that they had built has been demolished. And here's the last remaining structure in the African-American community, in the whole county. So why is it standing? It speaks for itself mm -hmm. that it wants to be renovated. It's still there. Hmm. You know, we uh, had you on, what was it, a little over a year ago when you first started the project, right? So can you give us a timeline from the point that you started from and the progress that you've made up to present day? Progress has been absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. With just a group of volunteers, we've been able to um, um, bring the exterior walls that were bowed in, 
um, saved over probably a hundred thousand dollars just from the volunteers' expertise. You, you didn't have to tear the walls out. No, we did mm-hmm. not, and that we was the initial to. plan: were to tear the walls out and rebuild. We're going to jack the ceiling up, but we did not have to do that. Okay. The volunteers had some uh, experience, and they got their heads together, and they just saved us tons of money, and we've got it. Uh, the walls are straight. Uh, we have them reinforced. And so that was the biggest accomplishment so far. We've also had the bell tire replaced, and we can ring the bell again. We've had louvers replaced. We've had, we saved all of the exterior siding except for a few pieces. And then we even had a, um, a one of the local contractors in the West Bay area gave us some matching wood siding because that was one of the restrictions and covenant that the historic landmarks want us to do was to save as much of the wood siding as possible. Mm-hmm. And we were just so happy to be able to do that. Uh, we pressure washed it all, uh, replaced the bad pieces that needed to be replaced and, and have put exterior oil-based paint on it and a primer. And it looks absolutely incredible. And we haven't even put the exterior latex on yet. That's incredible. So give us a, 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 a profile of your volunteers. I mean, yeah, wow. <laughs> we have a lot of volunteers, but most of them, believe it or not, the, the two major ones are, are probably 70 plus years old yes. and they are climbing scaffolding. Uh, they are just the, the people at the church with the skills and the expertise in building crafts, in masonry crafts, uh, just willingness to help. And then we have a couple um, retirees uh, and then they just have come down. We usually go down on a Wednesday and a Friday and we just make it work, make it work. And we just look at things that needs to get done. We had the floor was bowed, the hardwood flooring, and they've taken some of the bowing out of the floors. And they are just incredible group of volunteers. Are they? Are you getting feedback from them that this might be the construction project of their lifetime? It has been from the two older guys mm-hmm. with the most knowledge. In fact, one told me this week, I was there twice this week, to uh, videotape. I'm doing videotaping and documenting uh, everything that is going on. And I started off just writing everything down, keeping detailed documentation. And I came in with our video crew that Dr. Devane and I use. And so everything's being taped. But one of the guys said, uh, uh, Deacon Thomas, he's so excited about it, he can't hardly sleep at night. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And thinking about the next step and and what needs to be done. And uh, we walked in on Wednesday, and the place was just spotless clean. And someone had came in, one of the volunteers with their daughter, Mm -hmm. and cleaned it up. Uh, all the sawdust and everything, it was just spotless. To see that church, it'll bring tears to your eyes. To see what it was before and what it looks like now, and then all of the positive feedback from the community, because every time we're there, Mm -hmm. somebody stops by. They want to go in. They want to say how proud they are of that church. Uh, I've, I've lived here all my life, and I've never been in it, those kind of comments. And money, they, if it's $5, $10, this is all I have, but would you accept this? And we do. Some people show up with bottles of water. We have a great neighbor uh, with a restaurant next door. She'll come over with treats, mm-hmm. and and we go over there and eat lunch. I mean, it's 
it's been a, a positive experience, just a great experience. Even if you don't do any work, just come down and sit with us and Joe Reed. There's plenty of jokes going around. <laughs> and then we also have uh, Ron Williams. He's our project manager. He grew up, he went to high school in West Baden. Mm-hmm. So for him, this is a uh, opportunity of a lifetime to see the church restored. And he said he had been praying that that the Lord would give him another opportunity to have a major construction project before he really retired, and this is it. Doggone so. it, Pastor Rose. I was um, I had this really good question I wanted to ask, and you just answered it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to know say, did you forget? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask it anyway because I think you can expound on it a little bit. But um, did very many of the volunteers have ties to the church from the past? No, I would. Ron would be the only one that the I can only recall. one. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's what I'm in the process of doing is researching, uh, trying to find the descendants. Uh, I want to tell the story of some of the members who were the members because the church is not just that structure. Yeah. It was the people who built it originally, and and who were attended the church. That church, from what I've discovered so far. When it came to helping the poor in the community, mm-hmm. even though it was a segregated church, their services were not segregated mm. of what they did for the community. So that was a church known for handing out food and clothing. And they would uh, sell dinners and whatever they needed to do to, to be able to do that for the community. Um, and even with the hotel that was right down the street from them, uh, the Black Hotel, the Wadi Hotel, of course, it's been demolished too. When West Baden Hotel had a fire, they extended an invitation to the white customers. You can stay here mm-hmm. until you get ready to go back home. At, or at you, the church? This was at the hotel that oh, was close the hotel, to the, the church. the Wadi Hotel. Yeah, so African Americans extended what was needed to the community even though it wasn't done in reverse. We have a history of doing that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not just here, but around the world. But yeah. look, don't get me started. We won't get you started. Okay. But I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the multicultural nature of this project. I think I've heard you talk about it a little bit before, Miss Liz, that there are it's not just black people who are, I'm not even going to call them volunteers anymore. They are heroes. Mm-hmm. The heroes that are contributing to the renewal project, that it's not, it isn't just African-Americans. The, no. The, there, there are so many different people coming to this project. You want yes. to speak to that a little bit more? Uh, yeah, we, it is not solely an African-American project. Just like when the doors open. It's not solely an African-American church. It's open to everybody. Of, of course, it does have the history behind it that right. it was built during segregation. It was built by African-American men without a blueprint. They built the church. And so I was asked this week by a young guy that's going to help us with the technology, do you have a blueprint? <laughs> we don't do blueprints. <laughs> No, we we didn't have none then. We don't have any now. And so, but everybody's come together Mm -hmm. to see this church because, like I said, there it sits. And it's making a statement all on its own that it has survived when none of the other structures pertaining to African Americans have. Liz, can I call you a... uh 
connoisseur of forgotten history. Love it. Okay, great. So <laughs> passionate about it. <laughs> and if you have not researched this information already, I know you will. But we kind of touched on it earlier um, about why that church was left uh, standing when all the other structures had been demolished. Have you found anything in, in recorded documents or anything that, that, that's been memorialized that would suggest why this church survived when so many other structures uh, did not? Maybe because for a short time there was a white congregation in there hmm. back in the 80s. Um, and with the flooding and stuff going on, I'm really surprised that it's still standing. And then since the 80s, uh, there had been an interest prior to us getting involved in saving it. So they, uh, there was uh, at one time a, a what group, and they demolished. Pastor Rose, help me. I'm having uh, a senior moment. West Bain Historic Society? Yes. They did some work on it. So twice there's like the basement mm-hmm. was redone, the foundation and then some years passed, and then uh, the roof was done. So there had been attempts by uh, the, the community itself, the West Baton town, to save it. So I, that is part of the reason it's still standing, too. But Brother. nothing quite as comprehensive as what's being done now, right? Oh, no, they're amazed at what we've done. Okay. In fact, um, part of the videotaping I have been doing is to tape the community, the response from um, everybody in the community, shop owners and just residents. And then, of course, I talked to the town board individually and one of the men that headed up trying to restore it years ago. Mm-hmm. He said they couldn't figure out what to do with the walls. And here we have two elderly, uh, 70, 80-plus men that knew what to do and how to do it. So I've got all that videotape. I was astonished by how they pulled those walls in and then what they used to make sure they were straight. <laughs> that string <laughs> hanging down with the weight on yeah. it. You know, I Hey, old school one. Those old guys, school nothing. figured it out. Right. <clears throat> and then to have people come in and say, I've got some poplar wood. Mm-hmm. I've got a stack of that. Would you like it? I'll give it to you. And that's what the church was built out of. What about modern upgrades? Modern upgrades, we have taken a portion of the interior sanctuary. We're going to use them for um, restroom facilities, making them ADA accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, we've just run a gas line into the church so we can get the furnace installed. The water lines have been um, run into the church. We don't have all of the plumbing and the fixtures done yet, but... Uh, it's just going to be a first-class church, and and we're ready to worship again. But look, can I get back to you? You asked the question about any documented history yes. on why the church is still there. Well, we may not have the documented history that Liz is looking for, but for me, I always say the church is there because in the book, he says things don't happen by accident but by his divine providence. And out of all the things that have happened in this world, he said the heavens and the earth will pass away, but his word shall remain forever. And that's where his word is going to come from. Mm-hmm. And even when we began and Liz brought the um, the crew down and when they were documenting and filming some of the initial uh, pulpits and things before we removed them out of the church, it, I'll never forget when they when they were filming and the Bible was on the pulpit 
and the windows were open. And all of a sudden, the pages start turning one by one and stopped in Genesis, a new beginning. You talk about knowing that things don't happen by accident, but by his divine providence. And in the beginning, it talks about it's a new beginning. And this church was about to undergo a new beginning because his word goes from generation to generation to generation. And that incident happened during one of the early videotaping sessions. And we were just walking around taping. and, And my crew and I, we were teasing each other and laughing. And then when that happened, and this is an old Bible, like uh, oil skin, you know, really thin sheets, and one page turn at a time, and we just happened to have the camera on it. Just out of everything we were videotaping, we just happened at that moment to have the camera on this Bible, and that happened. Well, all the laughing stopped, and we just kind of looked at each other. And even now when we look at that tape, Goosebumps. Let me guess. Uh, that's going to be the opening shots for your documentary, right? And then you're going to narrate that part of it. No, Pastor Rose is going to narrate that part. Oh, of it. we got somebody. He, he just broke it down. Now. Yeah, he broke yeah. it down. But we've, we've got people that there's a certain voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pastor Rose is good, but he don't have that, <laughs> that voice. <laughs> I got mine. So is there an anticipated um, celebration date? When the church is done, the documentary will be done. I'm going to end it with the first service in that church. And when's the, is there an anticipated date? We would love to be done by June of next year because the Southeastern District is which, whose project this really is. Uh, We're going to have a a district convention in West Baden next year. And we're just hoping that we can get everything done so that when the convention convenes, Mm -hmm. that we'll be able to showcase the church and be able to hold at least some of our worship services there. It's a Baptist church? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Now, what's the date of the convention? uh, First week in June. Uh, You had asked a question earlier about the multiculturalism. Yeah. I got to tell you that I've never been more impressed with a community. Mm-hmm. of help and the volunteers that the Lord has sent to us. Mm-hmm. We had a guy who was riding by one day when we were doing the initial demolition demolition of the walls, trying to get it down to the studs. And he saw us working, went home, and brought his kids because he wanted to have his kids, Caucasian family. Wow. And they lived probably 20, 25 miles away because mm-hmm. he said he wanted them to be a part of history and to understand the importance of history. And it was, it's just been amazing, the people from all walks of life who stop by the church, if they don't give us uh, financial aid, they want to help, you know, and they want to provide the expertise that uh, they can. But it's just been amazing, the outpouring of love and support and encouragement mm-hmm. that uh, has come from the community from all walks of life. I mean, it, it just really makes you feel good that you're a part of something so great. So you were really su- successful in, in tapping into that energy from the community. And that place, uh, um, from what I hear, just ended up being a source of pride for people to come by and, and volunteer their time or resources or whatever they had. Or they, there's, there's a connection with that church, with the community. And if you're ever there and talk to the people, you'll pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've lived here all my life, and I've never been inside, so they want to go inside. Um, One day, a young girl came in, and she started crying. And she said, I've always seen this church, and I hope to get married in this church. So hopefully, 
it'll be done. I don't know when next year. She's yeah. hadn't set a date. But she would like to get married there, and there's an elderly couple that would like to be remarried. So the girl is African-American, but the elderly couple, Caucasian. So there are people looking forward to it, as well as the community. People right now are arguing over the first seats. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who's sitting in the front pew? (laughs) And they're already talking about, I'm going to be sitting in the front pew. And this is from uh, everybody in the town, the town council, Mm -hmm. the the town lawyers, uh, some of the shop owners. Uh, you know, I'm going to be in there first. We can only hold so many. So I don't know what we're going to do. But we do hope to have uh, technology, up-to-date technology in yeah. there. So maybe we might have to have some kind of monitor outside for those people that can't get inside. Yeah, a big, a big tent and an overflow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So uh, I see the sequel to the West Baden Renovation Project uh, as a fellowship hall. And that could go. easily be. We've already, yeah, we've already talked mm-hmm. about that. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. How come I knew that? <laughs> <laughs> Smarter than the average bear. I and told also, you she's giving bears a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> and we also had some of, there's a, starting to be a significant Jamaican population that's working in the West mm-hmm. Baden French Lake Hotels no, and Resorts. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so they are really excited. Some of them are talking about becoming members of the church. And you can just see the excitement on their face when we talk about renovating the church. So we just really are tapping into so many different walks of life and different cultures. We're really excited about the potential that mm-hmm. lies there. Because they, they were, uh, the Jamaicans that I've talked to, said they really didn't have a place to go, so they fellowship at each other's homes. And it's, it's not that they want to be segregated, but you know, you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. and then they're from Jamaica, and they're not mm-hmm. Americans. And so they're waiting uh, for not only to attend church, but to have a place to go uh, for families and for their holidays. And they just, they need it, and they want, want it to open up. Well, Pastor Rose, what kind of challenge do, does that present if West Baden is a Baptist church and you have people coming from different uh, religious culture? Well, it's going to be a great challenge, but that's why you've got to get the right person. Mm-hmm. That's why we're going to be praying that the Lord would send the right person for that church that can impact the community and all different walks of life. So, yeah, we have a, a Baptist doctrine, but at the same time, it's, it's about Christ. So, you know, so even though they may fly under a Baptist denominational flag, we're still going to be preaching Christ. And there's some some pastors who can affect a community more effectively than others. But someone who has open arms and love for all peoples, all races, all walks of life in in the West Bay area. And I think that's going to happen. I think it's um, it's been such a trying last couple of years with Mother Emanuel, Mm -hmm. Sutherland Springs. Um, a few other churches that have experienced just devastating and um, awful violence um, in places of sanctuary, mm-hmm. and so it this this um, effort, this community effort, this multicultural effort, this um, in the t- in, it, for a time such as this, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this should be national news i think it would help people heal and become more clear that we are so much more alike than not and that we need something bigger than us to come together 
Um, and it really proved, this project really proved that to me because when I started going there, I was a little skittish and worried what kind of reception, would we have any problems, would racism rear its ugly head? And I'm here to tell you that did not happen. Mm-hmm. And has not happened yet. In and fact, we hopefully it doesn't The happen. exact yeah. opposite happens. Yes, yes, because we're looking to continue to build on our similarities, yet value the differences. You right. know, difference brings strength. You know, Diversity. Um, that, Celebrate. Yeah. Um, uniqueness in people, you know. Even though we may be different and unique, we all belong to humanity. Right. You know, and so we're looking forward to being able to reach out and make things happen. Uh, uniformity does not mean um, un- being being all one. Uniformity, you don't have to be uniform to to be able to make everything happen. You have to build on the the similarities and the differences and let people be who they are because all of us have our own sphere of influence no matter who we are. And so when we allow the Lord to use us for who he made us to reach others, we have uh, circles that are intertwined with each other, but we don't all have the exact same circles. So we have a circle and a sphere of influence that may intersect each other, but that sphere of influence is enables God to use us so that we can reach people with our own personalities and with our own values and cultures. It's really beautifully said. You know, Pastor Rose, we might have to create a weekly segment just on breaking it down. (laughs) 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 And get you to come on and do that. But I have another question. Roberta brought up a a good point about media coverage. What type of media coverage have you had so far? And and can you, uh, uh, do you want to take it to the next level? I I don't think it's beyond uh, uh, reasonable, beyond reason to be able to get national media coverage on on this. You know, you get the right uh, outlet to pick it up. And run with it, well, Oprah. That would be good, she especially if, 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 if some money came with it. There you go. Because we we're still in needs of funds. We still yeah. need funds to make it happen. Uh, we're we're doing well. I don't know if you would say better than expected. I wouldn't say that. I expected it. I expect us to exceed the uh, goal amount that we set for ourselves. Uh, and it's coming all. It's not coming all in at once like a lot of churches may may get something, but it's coming in enough that we're getting the work done, mm-hmm. and every dime that comes in, we go ahead and put it into the church, mm-hmm. every dime. And we have set it up so that if anybody asks, we can account for every cent. We can account for that. It's going into that church. The volunteers, like Pastor Rose said, are wonderful. They save us a lot of money. They're dedicated. You have about six or seven men Uh, mainly from Bloomington, mostly from Second Baptist Church, Bloomington. Uh, Nobody's giving them gas money, and gas is high. They go down twice a week, if need be, three times a week. And they're consistent with this, consistent in their working, and it's just been a wonderful, wonderful experience, and I really can't wait to see it finish. I'm excited about it. And I can't wait to see your documentary. We had one of our, my homeboys, I'm from Terre Haute, and uh, one of my homeboys had a, a, a relationship with Cleveland Thomas's son. And I didn't even know he had these skills, but he came down and helped rebuild the marquee. The marquee is made out of sandstone. 
And so the uh, Historic Society uh, requires us to put it back to its original beauty and luster. And so he was able to come down last week Mm -hmm. and started rebuilding the sandstone marquee. It's got a limestone top. Uh, I touched base with Indiana Historic Landmarks this week, and they're going to let us put the limestone top back on it. But it's just people like that who come out of the woodwork because somebody's talking and spreading the word about the West Baden Church. What I was trying to say earlier is simply that um, uniformity, unity does not mean uniformity. Right. That means that even though we're all one and we want to see the project happen, it takes all of us in our own unique ways to bring the skills and talents to the table and make it happen. I can't tell you how proud I am just to be the, the chair of the chair of the board and to see uh, the men, the volunteers from my church step up on such a high level and mm-hmm. be able to bring those skills and talents and dedication you know, like they say, they're putting their own money into it. They're driving down two or three times a week. They're excited about, like I say, you can't sleep about getting it done. And now that we're getting closer to completion, uh, it's even more exciting. And they're there at 8 o'clock in the morning. Some they're of them. They're not there at noon. <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not. But the, the, the uh, gentleman that came down to rebuild the marquee, um, I went down to make sure I got it all videotaped and recorded every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And he did this in two days. Mm-hmm. He came down, and those were two of the coldest days mm-hmm. that we had, that they were outside rebuilding this marquee. And it was like putting a puzzle together. Mm-hmm. And that sandstone was so brittle, it's so old. Mm-hmm. But he did a beautiful job. And then on Friday, he was finished. So I was taking pictures. I took still pictures as well as videotape. And so at the end, all finished, I took a picture of that and sent it to Pastor Rose because he wasn't there to witness all of that. And then, then I just happened to know the young man that was helping him mm-hmm. uh, build this. So the two of them sorting through all of this piles of sandstone trying to figure it out, it, then he did an awesome job, and it's, and it's beautiful. And that's another money saver because we had estimated that to replace the marquee or to rebuild the marquee was going to cost us anywhere from three to five thousand dollars, and 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 they've got it done for us for nothing basically and for no nothing. Charge. And so we were thanking him, and I said, "Thank you so much for coming. I'm glad to have met you." He said, "You haven't seen the last of me. I'm coming down here, and I'm going to help you get the doors open to this church." So, do you have any formal sponsors that you? Want to take a few minutes to give them a quick shout out? Oh, shout out to Hoosier Uplands yes. in Bedford. Yes. And uh, to the Kellers, Kathy and Steve. Is that well, right? That's not their name, but they want to remain anonymous. Oh. <laughs> 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 but, uh, you didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, have, we have had some of the local banks, they, yes. uh, uh, credit unions. Uh, a lot. We had a fundraiser, and Liz went around to all of the businesses on the strip, and they were they all of them gave us something to help us. No one with said the no. Pro- project. That's that amazing. Right? Nobody. Uh, the town board, uh, from a personal standpoint, they've been there. They've been supportive. Um, we've it's just been phenomenal with the people and and how they have come out to help us. And my researcher's assistant got a shout out to Marsha Cummins that she went with me helping me to collect donations and and along the process has helped 
out with a lot of things. Are you so. sure she didn't want to remain anonymous? No. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad, Marsha. Okay. So <laughs> what you have also done is built a bridge between two communities. Absolutely. Between <clears throat> West Baden and French uh, Lick. Yeah. Um, and the Bloomington community. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I meant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you organized a, a trip earlier from Bloomington uh, to West Baden for people uh, residents here to see the church, didn't, didn't you? Well, what we had was an ice cream social. Okay. And invited everybody from Bloomington who wanted to come. Uh, uh, the Universal Unitarian Church, those members came, and of course, members from March. But yeah, a lot of people from the community of Bloomington came down for the ice cream social. That was social. earlier this year. Uh huh. And we also had the gospel. Yes. Uh, West Baden. French Lick Museum, uh-huh. awesome people. Mm-hmm. They put an exhibit on for us, and the opening, grand opening ceremony, we had a gospel uh, group. Our church came down to sing, and a lot of people came. So were those, those were fundraisers? Yes, okay. fundraising events. So do you intend to do that again next year, uh, maybe for your grand opening? I'd, we hadn't discussed mm-hmm. that yet, but we, we are still uh, – putting in for grants and because mm-hmm. we, we still need quite a bit of money. So I see that you have a Facebook page. If yes. Pe- if people want to get in touch with you to make a donation or to find out how to get involved, could they visit the Facebook page? Yes. Facebook page or they can just send a check money order to West Baden uh, Church Renewal Project, Post Office Box 2205 here in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, zip code is 47402. That's the best way, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, we just look forward to anything. Anything will help, and we're just grateful for that. Again, Post Office Box 2205, uh, Bloomington, Indiana, 47402. And we can uh, announce and, that again later on. Yeah, and show. we are a 501c3 organization, so it's tax okay. deductible. Okay. So after this project, um, What's next? I'm going to rest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what I have and I wanted to <laughs> tell the community is uh, next year's Monroe County's Bicentennial. Uh, IU, the city, and Monroe County History Center, we are looking for artifacts, stories, pictures of the community. Personally, I want to do oral histories. So anyone can contact me at emich, E-M-I-T-C-H, 1441 at sb as in boy, c as in cat, global.net. I will come to your house. We'll, uh, whatever it needs to take, if you have a story to tell, your oral history, if you've lived in Bloomington and you're African-American, I need your story. Well, I've only been here like nine years. Does that qualify me? That's fine with me. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to the resilience team. They've been a great supporter. Talk about public support. Okay, well, we have about uh, 30 seconds left. Uh, anything else uh, that you want to tell us about uh, West Baden Project? Keep us in your prayers. And send in your donations. Yeah, we can't forget the money now. <laughs> okay, our thanks to Bring It On contributor Liz Mitchell and Reverend Dr. Bruce Rose, pastor of Second Baptist Church of Bloomington, for joining us to provide some background on the renovation project to restore the First Baptist Colored Church at West Baden Springs, Indiana. Keep up to date on their progress by visiting their Facebook page. It's uh, West Baden WBCRP. Church. Yeah, West Baden Church Renewal Project. 
Okay. So is it spelled out on Facebook? Is yes. It, is it? Okay. West Baden Church Renewal Project. Bring It On has an open submission policy. If you have an idea for this program, let's hear it. Send an email to our volunteer staff. The address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to make sure we share everything and anything impacting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address, once again, is bringiton at wfhb.org.
Support for WFHB comes from Limestone Post, an online culture and lifestyle magazine for Bloomington and beyond. Explore articles, photo essays, and videos on the arts, outdoors, local history, community events, and all the topics that make Bloomington such a great place to live. Limestone Post, writers with the voice, photographers with the vision, online at limestonepostmagazine.com. And I bring you back to Bring It On. You just heard You Never Let Me Down by Marvin Wayans Jr., born to Marvin L. Wayans Sr., known as the leader of the famed gospel crossover group The Wayans, and songstress and gospel great Vicki Winans on December 28, 1979. Marvin began capturing the hearts of audiences at the early age of five. At the age of 16, Marvin took over took his love for music to another level, forming his first ever singing group, One Way, with his cousin Michael Wayans Jr. and his friends Carl Jackson and Lance Bennett. To keep up with local news and find out what's happening behind the scenes at WFHB, you're invited to like the WFHB Facebook page. Go to Facebook.com and search for WFHB, or you can always visit the WFHB news website at WFHB.org news. Bring It On is Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community. Here on WFHB 91.3 FM and live on the web at WFHB.org. For Bring It On, I'm Roberta Radovich. I'm William Hosea. Bring It On is Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community. Here on WFHB 91.3 FM and live on the web at WFHB.org. Now, it's time to give you the latest perspective on the people, news, and issues impacting the black community. For Bring It On, I'm Roberta Radovich. I'm William Hosea, and it's about time. First Black Veterans National Monument slated for 2018. News One reports that as resounding calls rise for monuments honoring black history heroes, Officials announced the construction of an African-American veterans monument in Buffalo, New York. The wait for the first National Black Veterans Monument has been a long one, a veteran said Saturday at the Buffalo and Erie County Naval and Military Park, where the commemoration will be erected in 2018. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's about time. It's about time. Walter J. Cole, one Vietnam veteran, told WIVB, I feel wonderful about being here. A lot of times history is buried and you don't know things and it's wonderful that the city of Buffalo is going to be the founding place for this. This is the first time in our country that a monument to honor African-American veterans from every war is being put together in one place. Assemblywoman Crystal D. Peoples Stokes said to the Buffalo News, I believe it will attract national attention. This has never been done before. We are literally honoring every African-American veteran since 1775 when the Revolutionary War started. Millions of black soldiers' accomplishments in all five branches of the military, especially during the most treacherous wars, were neglected by mainstream America, a fact that motivated officials to push for the monument's creation. Though a step in the right direction, the monument cannot erase a poignant history of black soldiers facing malice in the military. We have fought in every war that this country has participated in and have been mistreated, Cole recalled. 
the monument featuring 12 black concrete pillars at 10 feet tall and three feet wide will be symbolic of 12 U.S. wars. Officials are looking to allocate $800,000 for the project's completion. Those who donate to the project will receive an engraved paver that will line the walkways of the monument for $250, according to WIVB. Well, Steve Bannon tries to win over blacks with his brand of politics. The griot what, what? Say that again. Steve Bannon tries to win, to win over blacks with his brand of politics. The griot reports that while speaking to a group of black business leaders, Steve Bannon expressed that he understands the problems they face in growing their businesses and believes his political agenda can help solve them. He said, minority entrepreneurs are the biggest customers of community banks. And you know why they didn't get recapitalized. Because nobody cares. When it comes time to make deals, you're not in the room. The Breitbart news chief and former White House chief strategist was part of a roundtable discussion with dozens of black business leaders from the Carolinas and Georgia. It was sponsored by the South Carolina African-American Chamber of Commerce and was closed to all media except the Associated Press. Stephen Gilchrist, who was the chamber chairman, said he considers Bannon a friend. This administration, he said, has an opportunity to engage a new constituency and show them what policy really means, Gilchrist told the AP prior to the event. Bannon was warmly welcomed by the group and got an amen. When he spoke of his concept of, in quote, economic nationalism, he emphasized he had not, that had nothing to do with race or ethnicity. Instead, he said, it's about policies that advance opportunities for all American citizens. Bannon said that in terms of the black community, it means stronger community banks on which so many minority-owned businesses can rely on. These banks, he argued, don't get the same bailout options that the big banks get when the economy experiences downturn. He says, when it comes time to make the deals, you're not in the room, adding that big banks got a piece of the action. Isn't it time for your piece, he said? So let me guess, they're running a promotion. You call Steve Bannon by the end of the month and get a free hood. It, it, have we really sank that low to where they feel like their brand of racism and discrimination is so normalized and legitimized that they can make that pitch to black folk? Listen, I think you should have talked to Tiffany Haddish about it. With Chinese racism against black people, can Leangelo Ball and UCLA players get a fair trial? China also has a deeply flawed criminal justice system. News One reports that the three UCLA basketball players confined to a hotel after being arrested on suspicion of stealing from a high-end retail store in China in China, were facing an uphill battle in their quest for justice, if history was any indication. Not only could freshman Leangelo Ball Jalen Hill and Cody Riley be sentenced to as many as 10 years in prison for shoplifting, but the overt racism black people experience in Chinese society could also be carried over into the courtroom. 
It was not immediately clear if the case, which is being investigated by Chinese authorities, would advance to a trial. However, in China, black people are often regarded suspiciously, too, and considered as all coming from Africa, regardless of their actual origin, according to a report by Internations, a nonprofit organization that serves as a network and guide for Americans in cities around the world. So shaky, in fact, it would seem that judges in China don't have much discretion, as Chinese courts have a 99% conviction rate against all defendants, the Telegraph reported. Perhaps worse yet, Chinese politicians and academics have previously, previously referred to China's criminal justice system as being typically Marxist, according to the U.S. US Bureau of Justice Statistics. So I hope that you all caught uh, Tiffany Haddish on uh, uh, Saturday Night Live last Saturday because she took on sexual harassment and Trump's hair. The rising star made her very first black female comedian entree into the life of uh, Saturday Night Live. Uh, her, she's made a hit movie, she's landed a book deal, and she has checked off that last and final box of hosting Saturday Night Live. In case you missed her monologue, uh, Tiffany Haddish lapooned President Donald Trump's hair and offered a tip to men like Louis C.K. who are not sure if they've crossed the line into sexual harassment. She said, if your thing's out and she's got all her clothes on, you're wrong. <laughs> that's, one, that's one way to summarize it. Well, that was a look at African-American headline news from around the world for this week. Tune in again next week for the latest news on and for the African-American community. We want to know what you think of current black issues. Send your comments to Bring It On at WFHB.org. For Bring It On, I'm William Hosea. And I'm Roberta Radovich. And you're listening to Bring It On, Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community here on WFHB 91.3 FM on your radio and live on the web at WFHB.org.
Support for WFHB comes from CATS, Community Access Television Services. Long before C-SPAN was providing government coverage in our nation's capital, CATS was televising uncensored broadcast of live local meetings right here in Bloomington and Monroe County. CATS, celebrating 43 years of public access television on your local cable system and on the newly updated website CATSTV.net. And we are back to bring it up. You just heard the gospel standard Amazing Grace by the Blind Boys of Alabama. The Blind Boys of Alabama have been singing gospel music continuously since 1939, when the group was first formed at the Talladega Institute for the Blind. It's time to bring you the events of interest in the black community for Bring It On. I'm William Hosea. And I'm Roberta Radovich. And I do believe you're up first. All right. Tumble Down, a film at the IU Cinema. The producer, Kristen Hahn, is scheduled to be present on November 13th, 2017 at 7 p.m. Again at the IU Cinema. In Tumble Down, produced by Kristen Hahn, 
pop culture scholar Andrew comes to Maine to interview Hannah, the protective widow of an acclaimed folk singer. Still grieving, Hannah is forced to confront a range of emotions and issues of trust while she collaborates with Andrew on a biography of her late husband. The cathartic journey helps her find the resiliency resiliency needed to move forward. Again, Temple Down at IU Cinema, November 13th at 7 p.m. Also on November 13, 2017, at 8 p.m. is the Latin Jazz Ensemble. Michael Spiro and Wayne Wallace, directors, featuring the Latin American ensembles Soñeros, Soñeros La Calisa. Good job. Okay, Joe Galvin, director at Buskirk Chumley Theater on East Kirkwood Avenue. Again, November 13th at 8 p.m. Living with Lupus Support Group at the Monroe County Public Library, room 214 on Kirkwood Avenue in Bloomington, will meet from 7 to 8 p.m. on November 14th. Also on November the 14th, weekly blues jam featuring the Jack Whittle Band at the Players Pub on South Walnut Street, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Battle of the Bands at Bluebird Nightclub on North Walnut Street will take place on November 14th at 9 p.m. And then on November the 16th from 6 to 7 p.m., the MCCSC Table Talks Part 1, Youth Substance Abuse Prevention and and Support Services, 553 East Miller Drive. If you have an event or happening the African-American community should know about, please send that info directly to our Bring It On staff. Or if you want additional information about a calendar item that you've heard tonight, you can contact us at bringiton at wfhb.org. Our sincere thanks to Bring It On contributor Miss Liz Mitchell and Reverend Dr. Bruce Rose tonight, pastor of the Second Baptist Church of Bloomington, for joining us to provide some background on the renovation project to restore the First Baptist Colored Church of West Baden Springs, Indiana. To keep up to date with their progress, visit their Facebook page at www.facebook.com WBCRP, which stands for West Baden Church Renovation Church Project. Renovation Project. If you'd like a little more information about donation or volunteering, you can contact Miss Mitchell, E M I T C H fourteen forty one. That's E M I T C H fourteen forty one at sbcglobal.net. Our show's executive producer is Clarence Boone with help from WFHB News Department Director Wes Martin. Our news editor is Michael Nolan. Our board engineer is Jennifer Brooks and Kirsten Payton. Our original theme music was created by Jamil Effiam with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm William Hosea. And I'm Roberta Radovich. Tune in next Monday, November 20th at 6 p.m. for another exciting edition of Bring It On, right here on your community radio station, WFHB. You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. 
Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.